0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. The salaries just dropped. It's 1122. I was watching for a while. The salaries dropped at exactly 1114 AM East Coast time for the Memorial. And I'm very excited today. And there's some very interesting salaries right off the bat in every single price range, every single one of them, to be honest with you. So we're going to get through this like we usually do. DraftKings, the betting video for this week, already out. Some bets will be added and I'll add those on Twitter when I post my card later in the week. I got a breath. I'm so excited right now. I'm going to have to edit out all those gas. But anyways, thank you for being here. My name is fantasy sports you can see in all my football videos basketball but right here in golf and we have millimakers every single week and we have tiger woods this week and we have a memorial field that has been expanded from the normal 120 players to 133 players and they're all pretty much the top players in the world this is a loaded field when you see the 6k range loaded field when you see that 9k range alone you're going to notice and you can see it's on my shoulder if you're watching on youtube that is pretty loaded so before we get into it hit the like button smash the big old subscribe button that's popping up about 100 to 150 or you're subscribing from this video alone each week i want to see if we can get to 23 3,000 subscribers this week. We're like 450 away. So please do hitting that subscribe button totally for free for you and goes a very long way. Like I said, the betting video is already out Wednesday. We'll do the live stream and then we'll probably have some showdown content throughout the weekend. So be sure to hit the notification bell as well. So you're notified about all of it. I have a Wednesday closing thoughts podcast. I discuss ownership, my exposures, my projections, and even rankings for the golfers. The only place that I do those, my point projections for DraftKings and all my rankings with these models that you see over on Patreon. If you're interested and want to support over there, lots of value being packed into that Patreon subscription. So check that out as well. So let's start it off. If you played golf last week, you kind of know the course route, Merrifield Village, but if you didn't, and even if you did, I'm just going to give you a very, very brief, just reminder that it is a 7,456 yard course. It's a par 72. It's going to be on bent grass greens. They're supposed to play quicker this week. So Sal, how are they going to change the course from last week to this week? Guys will have an advantage. I mean, I guess guys are going to have an advantage either way, but they're going to make the greens a little bit faster. they are going to grow out the rough in some spots and they're just changing the pin locations, which as a former turf grass science, somebody who worked on golf courses. Yes, they they do that every single time anyways. And the team, boxes. They're going to change, which they pretty much do anyways already. So those are just things to note. Pretty much the main differences on the course are going to be that the greens are going to play quicker. That's probably the biggest adjustment. And then also the rough to an extent will cause some people some problems that wouldn't have caused them problems last week at the workday, which Kyle Morikawa did win in the playoff. He ends up winning in the playoff. I had JT in my main lineups. We'll go over that on the awesome show this week. And it ended up being a pretty big difference from JT winning to not still a very good week just in general, but would have been an even bigger week if JT pulls that off. It was just insane. If you didn't watch it, watch some highlights. JT Eagles heading into the final three holes, up three, then Morikawa forces a playoff somehow. And then the 50 footer for JT goes, Justin Thomas, and he's going to win, right? Morikawa has a 25 footer for somebody who's not a good putter. He gets that to drop, ends up winning in a playoff a couple rounds later. So very good event that we had last week. One of the best that I could remember in some time with that playoff, just keeps going rounds and rounds, par saving, birdie saves, pretty fun. But now we're heading into the Memorial, a historic event that's usually 120 players. It's going to be 133. Like I said, Tigers in the field, and you can see the price on the screen right now, $9,000. Let's just start talking about the draft. Kings stuff. The key stats that I'll be looking at for DraftKings and trying to figure out lineups is similar to last week around the green play. Well, approach in T to green is something I always look at around the green play really showed to be key last week. I think it'll be even more important if the greens are going to play faster and maybe more difficult this week. Once you get close, hopefully you can end up setting yourself up nicely for not any type of eight to 15 foot putt, but inside that eight and inside that five foot range, that is very high success rates just in general. Fairways hit and just overall driving accuracy showed to be pretty important for the top 10 and top 20 last week overall in the rankings. So now, was pretty good. There's a lot of T like 11 ties. So a lot of guys were actually in that top 20 overall. So yeah, fairways accuracy. I'm going to wait a little bit more this week. Driving distance, probably going to do the same there. Approach around the green and T to green. Things that I'll really be looking at par four scoring from 400 to 450. So we could pull it up right now. Bryson, the last time that we saw Bryson, he's the most expensive 11,100. You can play Bryson if you want. I have nothing bad to say about him. If I'm going to be doing anything with Bryson this week, it's not in the betting outright market at a 10 to one favorite in this loaded of a field, but all the price points are fair. 11,100 for Bryson because of this being a loaded field. Nobody's extremely expensive. Everybody's getting pretty closely grouped together. You can see Rory's 10,700. So I like Bryson. I played a bunch of JT last week. I like JT yet again. I don't see why a guy who uh, pretty much was going to win leading three rounds in T 2 Green should have won last week. I don't see why he's a bad play this week after losing in a playoff uh, after how good he was all around last week around the green as he was T to Green. Putting even was fine for JT and he's coming off of playing there well last week. So I think they're both fine. I think the one that stands out to me and likely will stand out to a lot of you as well is going to be Rory the 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 third most expensive, normally you're used to Rory being the most expensive player in the field. Now he's the third most expensive player in this field for somebody who since the break has not been playing well, but he is coming off of his best finish yet. The last time we saw him at the Travelers since the break, at least, where he finished 11th and everything clicked outside of the approach play. The around the green play was the best we've seen from Rory in very long. He gained over four strokes around the green. If that continues, uh, lights out, right? 10,700 is going to be a great price point for the number one ranked golfer. So early on, Rory's the guy in the $10,000 range that I like. But when I'm talking about max multi-entry, like all these guys I'm going to have, right? when I'm talking about my higher stakes lineups, I'm going to have to start to decide. This is a week where you can easily build balance and I'm probably going to build balance. Last week, I played a lot of stars and scrubs. My main lineups had Cantleen and had JT. Worked out well. This week, early on, I'm leaning to go balance, but we'll see what I come to on the Wednesday closing thoughts show. Morikawa winning in at 10,000. Look, just because he won doesn't mean he can't play well again, right? Um, I think there's a fallacy that just because they won, yeah, betting them again doesn't make too much sense because you usually get a worse number. Morikawa was like, what, 35 to one last week. Now he's going to come in 20 to one. Yeah, you get a worse number. So there's a reason not to bet him. The Value is gone. The price point rises on DraftKings, so that might be one difference, right? Another $900. So that's similar to those bet- betting odds and the Vegas odds, is what DraftKings it does a lot of their pricing off of. But the overall win upside for him is still pretty similar, unless you just want to say, a guy won't win back to back, and I can respect that. So in this range, the guy who probably gets edged out of my exposures is just going to be Dustin Johnson, which is crazy to say because the last time we saw DJ, he was winning. So uh, yeah, all these guys are obviously great choices. I think Rory stands out the most. I assume in ownership, he'll stand out the most, but I don't think it will be anything to hit 30%, right? And if you see a situation, situation where Bryson or Justin Thomas, the two most expensive guys, are not picking up ownership, I'm just going to gravitate towards them. Every single guy above $10,000 is appealing to me they've all either recently won or they're obviously very elite, right? Every single guy here has won this year uh, since the beginning of January outside of Rory, but we know how good Rory can be. And Rory just won back in November, right? And he won right again in August last year. So all these guys are winners. I'm fine with all of them. I probably lean Rory the most. After Rory, I'd probably go Rory, Bryson, and Justin Thomas in that order in this range. Heading to the 9K range, like I said, I played Cantley and Cantley had just sort of like a very meh week until Sunday. Like he ended up making an eagle, which basically got him through the cut. There was like three holes left, but he went three under. two under uh, heading into the weekend to make the cut right on the number was never really at risk though the cut moved last second to two under but what Cantley ended up doing on Sunday was very good and we're going to talk about another guy who's going to be very good in just a second my favorite play maybe on the entire slate as of right now looking at it early on but Cantley gained 5.84 strokes on the field the second most in the field only behind John Rom there's a little hint for you for a little bit later on but Cantley looked really good on Sunday he was eight under heading into the last hole he ended up bogeying it so he went seven under but a very good round in 5.14 strokes tee to green he gained everywhere mainly doing it on the approach play off the tee was just kind of a little bit shaky for him, but now he's 9,800. I like Cantley this week. He's going to be a guy that if I don't want to touch the 10K range, which I don't think you have to based on how good the nine and eight and even seven and six K range, all these ranges are. Yeah. Cantley's a guy that I'm fine starting lineups with. I like him. He is the defending champ. He did play well towards the end of the week last week. So depending on how many people discuss that in their podcasts and shows, he might pick up ownership. But again, I think that Rory probably picks up a lot. Tiger Woods is in this field and he's cheap. He'll pick up a lot. The guy I'm about to talk about in John Rom, I assume picks up a lot. So I think maybe one guy pops off for like 28% ownership and then the rest will be like 18 to 20 to 22%. If Cantley's in that bucket of guys, I'm going to have a lot of him. A guy who's won two times in his last four or five stars, Webb Simpson is here, have some interest. Hovland's 9,500. He's yet again, 9,500. He's for the third week in a row, 22 to one. And even though it's a much more difficult field than it was two weeks ago, and even last week, he's still 22 to one. You want to know why? Because he just continues to play so well. Five straight top 25 since returning. If you look at Hovland's overall Log obviously finished thing third last week. The thing that's going to continue to stand out for Hovland is, can the guy just putt one single round? It's not even the around the green play anymore. That's the question. Look at since he's returned, I'll I'll read off some stats right now. Since Hovland's return, the around the green game has been clicking. Since the return, 0.7 strokes gained, then he lost 1.2, but then he gained a half a stroke uh, three weeks ago at the Travelers. He finishes 11th. He gained 1.6 strokes at the Rocket Mortgage, finishes 12th. And then he gained 2.2 strokes last week and finishes third. Before the cut and, and really before the break was happening, he was losing in like 10 straight events around the green and also was losing in a lot of those with the putter. Now he's just losing with the putter. He's lost 3.3, 3.5, and 1.4 strokes with the putter. That's his main issue. And that's going to probably continue to be an issue, but he's worked out the around the green play, which is going to be important here. He gained the most strokes tee to green last week, 15. He's gained the most strokes tee to green in the last three events he's played in, 15, 9.6, and 10.6. The approach play has never been hotter. Everything about Hovland stands out. Now it's a more loaded field. Does the putter do anything, right? As long as you can avoid a blow up week and just gain at all with the putter, he's probably going to do well. He's dialed in. He was right there. One of the three dogs in that the final grouping that actually had a shot to win. I like Hovland this week. Um, when I'm looking at this range, it's such a loaded range though, that he's like at best, maybe my third or fourth favorite in this range. All right, let's discuss who right now, if we don't factor in ownership, in my opinion, is probably the best play on the entire slate, but since there's going to be ownership and I'm hoping that it's not crazy. I'm hoping Rom's not the guy who pops off for your 32% ownership. If Rom's 22% owned, I'm going to have that. He's probably going to be in my main lineups, $9,300 John Rom, second ranked player in the world. Now, maybe as of the last month or two, he's probably like not the second ranked. He's probably like just barely in the top. Top ten on how he's been playing, but you saw something on Sunday that really clicked. You saw Cantley play well on Sunday. Rom played even better. He led the field in strokes gained overall 6.84. That was one more than Cantley. So he kind of lapped the field in that regard. He gained 6.29 strokes T to green, but he also gained everywhere else. He gained on approach. He gained with the putter. He gained everywhere around the green. That was good to see for Rom. And he went very, very low. Now, since Rom has returned, he hasn't been playing well. So you might look at the second ranked golfer in the world and you might look at his $9,300 golf tag and just say, you know what? I don't know if he's actually worth this. Like look at his finishes since the break, a missed cut, a 33rd, a 37th and a 27th. Like that's not that great. Yeah. But he was dead fucking last last week. He was literally dead last at one point, third to last coming into Sunday. And then he finishes 27th because he just goes on an absolute heater and plays out of everybody on Sunday. The best, literally the best in terms of strokes gained overall. Now Ram's 9,300. Like if he was 10,200, I was going to come onto this podcast thinking he was going to be 10,200. And I was going to make a case for why he was my favorite $10,000 play. He's in the 9K range. I get it that Cantley's in there. I get that Tiger Woods in this range. I mean, we just talked about Hovland, how hot he's been. Webb's won twice this year. This range is loaded, but John Rahm is the guy when you factor in price point that I will want to get to the most unless I see like a 30% ownership number. And I think outside of our little bubble of like DFS and guys who really follow this, when you're talking about the millimaker or even higher stakes to mid stakes stuff, Millimaker, people want to play Tiger. People want to play the guys who have been playing well: Hovland and Cantley, right? Even Webb to that extent. Xander, you can throw into that bucket. I think Rom's going to be maybe grouped in. He's very cheap, but maybe grouped in with like the Brooks Kepkas of the world, who struggled last week, have been struggling a little bit to find their game as of late, but they're still pretty premier talents. And maybe they only end up being like ten to fifteen percent on. If that's the case, give me a lot of John Rom, probably my favorite play that we've talked about so far. Going down Xander's game has been good. Xander's game has been very good. I mean, I, I, I've been on this podcast for the last like two months saying that if Xander's putting just clicks, that's like the last piece. Piece of his game that has to get consistent. Now he's $9,200 Xander. He's not $10,000 plus. I like Xander when he's in this price range. The putter got extremely hot. It's been good. Gained 2.2 strokes at the Travelers, gained 5.8 last week, which covered up him losing off the tee. So I'm not expecting that type of a performance again from Xander, like a top five putting week out of him. But if it just does anything, he's gained strokes putting in four out of his last five events, been very good there. He's going to continue to do well. So I'm going to make Xander a yes here, actually, because I don't think he picks up a ton of ownership in this price range. Brooks stunk on Thursday. He battled back on Friday. So if you want to play Brooks, that's fine. I don't really have any issues with that. He might be a contrarian higher stakes type of a play. And then the guy that everybody's going to want to talk about, the guy that's going to be wildly overowned in my opinion, but I have a 30 to one bet on him. So maybe that's where my edge is right when it opened is Tiger Woods. Hasn't won here since 2012, but he's won five times here. He finished T9 last year here and he's $9,000. So if DraftKings wanted nobody to play him, they make him 10-2, but they're smart. There's no other game in town right now. Make him a price, put him at betting numbers of 25 to one that people can actually invest in and feel good about how much money they have on the line. Get him in a lot of lineups a lot easier, make him 30 plus percent owned or whatever it's going to be so more people's eyes are on golf this weekend when there's really nothing else to do. And I respect it. At least that's the mindset that I have. If it's a marketing move, it's a genius move. The last time we saw him was at the Genesis where he lost eight strokes putting. I don't know if Tiger's ever lost. In the database for Fantasy National, I'm looking at over here and another database over here that I have on my back end, uh, losing more than eight strokes. I, have, I, don't, I don't have anything for it. So his worst round, maybe ever, eight strokes lost putting, or at least in like the past decade, was at the Genesis. I don't expect that to happen again. And he just won in October at the Zozo. And he finished ninth at the Farmers this year. And he finished fourth at the Hero. I mean, when Tiger has competed, and I assume he's healthy, we've seen him play in a couple of events. The charity event with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Phil Mickelson, he looked fine. So yeah, if he's going to come out here at $9,000, like in the 10K range, I was going to say he's a pretty good play. Here, right, uh, it just depends on the ownership. Now the ownership, in my opinion, is going to be skyrocketed. I still like Tiger. Like, if I had to rank this range, I'd probably go Rom, Cantley, Xander, and then like. 4A, 4B with Hovland and Tiger at this point. That's how good this 9K range is. A lot of my lineups probably end up starting here, but I assume he's probably going to be the highest owned out of this range right up there with maybe a Victor Hovland, maybe John Rahm, depending on how it goes. So Tiger is going to be in play for me. But if you start to see and hear people say, uh, ah, 25% on Tiger, then it's probably just going to be something I get away from. Nothing against him. It's still a good value. There's just so many good values in the 9K range. Why, why do I have to go there? So getting into the 8K range of this loaded field right now, and you're going to see Justin Rose, who just absolutely stunk everywhere. And I mean everywhere. And this is back-to-back events. now. Where he's kind of looked a little bit sketchy. Back to back miscuts for Justin Rose. And I guess I should call out guys who played here last week, do I think they have an advantage? I mean, I I guess they have somewhat of an advantage, familiarity with the course. uh, Who stunk here last week, do I think they're going to stink again? No. I don't think they're going to stink again. Uh, Do I think people are going to struggle with the faster putting greens who played here last week? No. I think they're going to adjust or just have all week to practice this week, if anything. So, no. I think it's going to be fine. I view this as the same event. If you played here last week, you have a feel for the course. That's good. I don't think it's going to be negative that the greens are faster. And if you didn't play here last week, maybe you're a little bit knocked down but I don't know how to account for that. And I don't think it's anything of any major regard. So Justin Rose lost 11.1 strokes overall last week. And he lost everywhere. Four in approach, sixty to green, 3.6 with the putter. He looked terrible. And he looked bad the week before that too. He lost 2.6 strokes and missed a cut uh, two weeks before that at the Traveler. So Justin Rose for me right now is like a guy I want to get back to based on how bad he played, right? Brooks Koepka and Justin Rose missed a cut last week. These are guys who likely go lower owned. But their games are just in a weird spot. And there's so many other guys around them that even rookie Fowler at 8,800 got a lot of interest in him. And based on all the guys who are going to be highly owned i don't think he's gonna have too much ownership so i can just go to ricky whose game right now is trending in a better direction although justin rose yes uh, this is a narrative where if he's going to be low owned and in single digits yeah then go ahead he'll probably end up in like 14 of my max entries probably not my higher stakes lineups i don't feel that risky or have to go there with justin rose but ricky's been playing fantastic i mean you have three straight events where ricky's gaining t to green and gaining on approach in like seven out of his last eight he's gained back to back with the putter which has always been his weapon but the big one off the tee Back to back off the tee games with 1.8 and 4.6 as the work day. So I love to see the tee to green clicking because of the off the tee play instead of just being with the short game stuff. Short game's clicking now um, and off the tee's clicking. And again, he did play here last week. If you want to give that as a little nudge, he's had success here in the past. So Ricky at 8,800 is my first yes in this range. It's hard not to like Daniel Berger at 8,700. We haven't seen Daniel Berger for a little while now, since June 21st. So it's going to be uh, coming up now on what, around a month since we've seen Daniel Berger play. But these have been Daniel Berger's finishes ninth, fifth, fourth, first, and third. He's been fantastic with the putter. So if this off break has just done anything with his putter, that can be a concern. He's gained 7.6, 1.8, 3.5, 5.2, and 5.3. All those numbers are like right up there in terms of leading the events that he's in strokes game with the putter. And that's really feeding his tee to green play overall. The tee to green play has been very good because of the approach. The short game is just increased by the putting. So I think he looks fine. There's nothing for me to look at Daniel Berger, how he's playing, unless something's happened over the past month of him maybe being rusty, but I assume he's playing on his own, just not competitively to say that I don't like Daniel. Berger here. So Ricky and Daniel Berger stand out to me in that 8k range up top. Next up, you can see this entire range. I don't really not like anybody. I'm going to have to look at what ownership is, but ending up, I just changed Gary Woodland from a no to a maybe, but I'm going to have a little bit less interest in Gary, assuming he's popular again, like he was last week. He was my highest on guy. He he ended up going birdie and then Eagle to make the cut. He looked good down the stretch and he finished top five and he looked good pretty much everywhere, but he did gain seven strokes with the putter last week. And that's not normal. Gary Woodland's a good putter, but in a good week, maybe he's gaining two strokes with the putter. So if he doesn't do that, he's not making the cut last week and he's definitely not finishing top five but he did look really good for the first time off the tee he led the whole first round and off the tee uh on thursday he gained 3.4 strokes off the tee the most he's gained since february the most he's gained after losing in three straight events in that department overall he gained nine strokes but again the putter was a big reason why so if gary's gonna be the guy who stands out as like the highest owned guy in this range which i can see yet again happening I, I much prefer right now, Ricky and Daniel Berger. Gary will be a, a wait and see on the ownership. Patrick Reed, I like once again, I have an outright bet on him at 55 to one. Um, This range is just going to be really distributed. They're, they're all really good plays, in my opinion, at their price points. It is a major field. Patrick Reed, the crazy thing about Patrick Reed, I've been on this show all season long and saying, if Patrick Reed loses with the putter, he's missing the cut or finishing dead fucking last for you. He lost 1.7 strokes with the putter, but he made the cut and he didn't finish dead last. He finished 39th. That's not bad. You want to know why? He gained 4.4 strokes around the green, second best in the event. Not only that happens again, but it's good to see that he was able to succeed around the green because it's going to matter this week. And if we expect a bounce back, he has lost strokes putting in three out of his last four events. But if you expect somewhat of a bounce back from that department and the tee to green play, that's been kind of flip floppy, holds up a little bit. This price tag of 8,400 is more than fair. Tony Finau's fine. Sanjay M, I will point out that 70 to one in the betting market. I think he's going to end up taking my last wager, my fifth wager of the week on the guys that aren't like hundred plus to one. But I will point out that he's lost strokes putting in three out of his last four events, lost three strokes putting last week, ended up losing on a pro. For the fourth straight event, so Sunjay's only 8200 dollars. That's why I like him. He's very cheap. I'm actually going to put a yes by Sunjay right now. But the issue for me is that the game is a little bit rusty. Seventy-one in the betting market. I have a number on that right now. Uh, Eighty-two hundred dollars. I said on the betting show if he was the low eight K range, it's hard to get away from him. He's like nine K again. It's easy. Eighty-two hundred dollars. I like. And the rest of these guys, like honestly, Jason Day at eight thousand in this range. I know he played better last week, but I'll just make him a no. Fitzpatrick. He's very consistent, but there's other killers in this range. So there we go. We got some nos in this range for you. Woodland's going to be a little bit of an interesting case study based on ownership. Right now, I'm a little bit concerned. We did get to see that good round out of him last week, but a lot of it was propelled by the putting. The off the tee came back, so I guess that's a good thing. Let's move to the seven K range. Before we go through the seven K range, please do hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Let's try and get to twenty three thousand subscribers this week, and this video is going to go a long way in helping that. And check out Superdraft. So Superdraft is a multiplier format for DFS. You can check out all that Superdraft has to offer. It's going to be linked down below. You get ten dollars for free. You use my name, just SAL. SAL Sal upon sign up. That promo code gets you ten dollars for free, hundred percent deposit bonus. What it is is a multiplier format, no salaries. Like we're talking about here in DraftKings, although I love salary caps, it's just different. It's nice and refreshing. You get, you want to play Bryson, you want to play Tiger, you want to play Rom, you want to play all the expensive guys. You can, you're just going to get a one X multiplier, which is not maybe a bad strategy, but if you want to play some guys lower down, like a Matthew Wolf, a Bubba Watson, you might get like a 1.4 X. So their points are actually multiplied for more points, but they're also like a worse or sketchier golfer. So it's a little bit of a strategy there, but you can play whoever you want. So check it out. Super draft promo code Sal, 10 free dollars and hundred percent deposit bonus upon deposit up to 50 bucks linked down below. All right, 7K range. I like, again, the guys up top do stand out. Leishman's game's a little bit shaky. Jordan Spieth had a very good chance of making the cut. Blew that as well as Benny Ann. I think the overall break kind of hurt them a little bit in terms of the weather delays. Uh, but what you're seeing here, I like Paul Casey. He's not a guy that we're seeing is playing as much golf. But Paul Casey, we've seen him play once and he looked good coming off the break. He debuted the same week that uh, Cantley did back at the Travelers, finished 32nd. The putter he lost a stroke and a half with, but everything else was good. Gained on approach. Gained three strokes off the tee. Gained 5.9 strokes tee to green. So I like Paul Casey at 7,900 right now standing out as the guy I like the most in that 78 dollars $7,900 $7, range. It's early in the week though. Like Jordan Spieth, I'm, I'm not against getting to Jordan Spieth at $7,700. He has looked good. His issue has been weekends. Now he just missed the cut. He was, he, he was in line to make the cut. He had the easiest part of the course left. He ends up bogeying down the stretch. And Jordan Spieth has been playing better golf on Thursday and Friday. And then the weekend, it's just absolutely terrible. Like he's finished 10th, 68th, 54th and missed cut. And he just missed a cut on the number this past week, but that's 68 and 54th. Those are really getting pulled down by the weekend. So yeah, having a closing ability is going, to be a factor, but at least he's getting you to the weekend. Price point's pretty nice. I still prefer Paul Casey. Ian Poulter was second in the field in overall strokes game putting. He had the most distance in his putts on the weekend, had him last week. He finished top five uh, birdieing the final hole. So I do think that when you're looking at Ian Poulter, just in general, Uh, He does stand out, right? He stands out at the price point, pretty much the same price point that he was last week. He's $7,600 now. I think that the only difference is he did get very hot with the putter. I don't imagine that type of a crazy round happening in back-to-back weeks. It is the same course. So I guess that's the narrative that you can put for him. But just looking at $7,600 Poulter, I do like it. He's around guys that are also hot in Strillman, Doc Redman to an extent, Rory Sabatini, he just bounced back. I think I like Sabs a little bit more. I assume the ownership will be lower. This range, you're gonna start to naturally get a little bit lower ownership. But Ian Poulter gained 8.9 stroke with the putter. The last time he gained 8.9 strokes was the putter. The only time he's done better, 2017 PGA Championship, he gained 10 strokes. 8.9 was the second best of his career. I'm just going to bet against that. doesn't mean he misses the cut. doesn't mean it's not a bad price point, but if ownership spikes on it because he had a T5 last week, I'll just go elsewhere. Doc Redman is somebody who just took a week off and he was playing very good. He still has been. 21st, 11th, and 21st in his last three starts. If he gains with the putter at all or around the green, it'll be nice. The issue is like, does he gain around the green? That's going to be the big thing for Doc Redmond. He's had issues around the green losing strokes in his last six contests and like 13 out of his last 15 around the green. That's a key stat for me here. $7,600 in a loaded field is maybe a little bit expensive for him. How he's playing lately, especially on approach is going to be important and tee to green. Those are two big stats for me. The around the green play might lower his exposure for me, but I assume it puts it higher than guys like Kevin Kisner, Corey Connors, Billy Horschel. I think I'd probably get more Doc Redmond than those guys. He'll probably be similar exposure for me as Rory Sabatini, maybe Ian Poulter. I probably have more Redman than Strelman right now. Going down a little bit more in the 7k range, it starts to really thin out. So it kind of drops off a cliff, maybe around like Kevin Kisner range, Corey Connors, Billy Horschel has been playing terrible. So honestly, like after $7,500 Connors is there, but then it drops off a cliff of guys I don't want. I know is cheap. I don't really want to go back to him. Harris English is probably the guy who stands out the most. I haven't seen Harris English for a little while. He pulled out of a past event. I believe that was like three weeks ago where he was actually in the 8K range. He's been playing well, 17th, a ninth, a miscut and a 17th. That's dating back. But if you look at since he's returned, a miscut and a 17th, I think he sets up nice here. Good around the green player, good putter. So I think Harris English in this lower 7K range, 7,300, probably my favorite play kevin nod down here is interesting the back he can withdraw for you 125 to one is an interesting bet i think but again it's a risk scotty scheffler his game's in shambles right now the price point's the only reason you go back to that joel damon was a popular play heading into last week and he missed the cut by a wide margin he was pretty much done after day one i think he shot like a seven over he's a guy to go back to similar to brooks kepka uh similar to those types of guys justin rose they stunk last week nobody's gonna want to use them even though heading into last week there's some pretty positive expectations a fifth a fifth a 19th a 48th a 20th he was playing on some small. Smaller tours during the off season or during this little pandemic hiatus. And then at the workday, he was terrible. He lost five strokes on approach. He lost five strokes with the putter. I'm not going to have a lot of him. I had 0% last week, but if some people really liked him last week, I don't see why you fully fade him this week. And then getting to the bottom, just some other guys, Harold Varner, Sepp Strzok have been playing well. Varner uh, just misses the cut last week. Brian Harmon's down here. I think below $7,500, Harris English is probably the guy I look to the most. Coming into the 6K range now, I'll remind you about Patreon. I have projections, I have rankings. I have all those things up there. The Closing Thoughts podcast will be up Wednesday. Then some showdown content throughout the weekend as well on patreon and then also the rankings and stuff should be up tomorrow on tuesday depending on when you're watching this today or yesterday and then the live show will be wednesday so be sure to hit the like subscribe and notification bell 6k range is also very good what you have here is a bunch of guys that i like a lot brendan todd's been playing well it was just a few weeks ago that brendan todd ended up getting beat out by uh, dustin johnson but brendan todd has been playing well he finished he made the cut last week 57th but he finished 11th the week before that he's been a pretty streaky player to get him in like the 7k range is always a risk but the 6k range i don't think it's terrible the issue for brendan todd here is the around the green play. The putter will be there. The around the green play is going to be the issue. And then if the approach play can stay hot as it has been for the last couple of weeks. So more of a riskier 6K option. I think he's in play. I'll probably make him from a yes to a maybe. Also call out that if you leave a review on the podcast, it's $50 to one person a week who does that. Last week, there's only six people who did it. So you Show on iTunes, leave a review, takes like two seconds of your time, and you have a pretty good chance of winning 50 bucks. So $6,800 max homeless here. The only reason I have him as a yes is he's just cheap now. Like he should be 72 dollars $7,500. But the issue, very similar to what... Woodland is the putter, except the exact opposite way for Max Homa. Woodland gained seven strokes of the putter, had the third best round. I'm a little bit concerned about regression there, and then if that happens, he doesn't even make the cut last week. But what I actually like to see was some positives off the tee. Max Homa's a guy's name I always say. But Max Homa's putter has been broken. Before the break, it was clicking. Five, six straight events gaining with the putter. Since we've returned, he's lost strokes putting in every single contest. So that's a little bit of a concern for me for Max Homa. It's kind of falling apart. The, around the green game has been playing well. The only reason I have interest and in have him as a yes right here is because of the fact that he's so cheap. At 6,800, and I think he's a much better golfer than that the issue though. He just misses the cut on the number. He's missed three out of four cuts since returning, but two of them have been right on the number. So he's right there. The putting is the big concern. So it is a little bit sketchy. Maybe I'll put him back to an X as well. Going down Maverick McNeely misses the cut last week. Lonto's in the 6K range. Unlike Gary Woodland, who I have some concerns about, unlike Max Homa, some guys that I always seem to talk about on this show, Lonto's a guy that I don't really have any concerns about this week, which probably means he must to cut. But Lonto right here at $6,800. How do you not like Lonto? He misses the cut last week, but he was playing very well. His price point has now dropped $600 back to a range where it it's pretty much he missing the cut right on the number or finishing top 25 as of late. He's finished 29, 36, 24th and 21st when he actually makes the weekend. And I think I feel pretty confident about him. Let's see where he kind of gained and lost this past week. Oh, he lost with the putter. That's probably a pretty good indication that Lonto's not going to make it. He won't lose with the putter all that often. It's been a little bit shaky lately, but before this, the two previous starts, 2.3 gained, 2.8 gained. I'm going to go right back to Lonto, the approach play, the off the tee, the tee to grain, all that stuff's been fine. If the putter just gets worked out to a spot where he's gaining like a half a stroke to one stroke, he'll make the week. and at $6,800, that's pretty nice. Our cupboard, Griot's down here if you want these guys. Graham McDowell had a pretty nice uh, first three days and then his Sunday was uh, not so great. Troy Merritt's been playing better finding the weekend. Hongtong Lee, uh, like top 30 in the world player. If you want to go based off of world rankings at $6,500, we rarely get to see this guy play. But if you just want to go based off of the uh, world rankings, he's down here as somebody who is ranked 34th in DraftKings points at only $6,500. 6K range now, 6K, $6,400 and below that is. And if I'm missing like a specific player, just keep in mind that this, is literally the salaries came out 10 minutes ago i popped it into my model i looked at some things and we go from there so if i'm like glossing over some players like last week i didn't talk about joel damon i honestly just didn't have interest in him but and i didn't think he was gonna be popular but i guess that happened but like on the wednesday show the live stream we'll discuss it even more you can always reach out on twitter you can follow me there at salvage dfs as well or if you're on patreon patrons can reach out anytime with questions in the discord and i'll also go further in depth on wednesday as i kind of sort out my exposures and see where i'm at so sixty four hundred dollars and below it's always the same names, right? And I guess at $6,500, I think. Yeah. So Munoz was at 65 and Carlos Ortiz, very similar players to me in terms of for DraftKings. They're going to be like top 25 scores if they make the cut. How often do they make the cut? that's up to you to decide. I don't really know. They'll make the cut maybe like one out of four times. So 25% of the time. And if they do, they're going to be up there as high scores, but they both missed the cut last week. Munoz has been like very difficult to pinpoint. You might get one made cut out of him. And it's probably like a top 30 finish in like the last six events he's played in. Both of those guys I'll have exposure to go down a little bit more. Henrik Norlander is just too cheap. Uh, He's going to be somebody that Unless Henrik Norlander picks up like 15% ownership, which you rarely see out of 6K guys, because look, if there's 100,000 people in the Millie Maker, for instance, not that many people are listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos, right? So they're not gonna know who the 6K range is at all. And now that Henrik Norlander's $6,300, how do I not like this guy who's finished 41st, 12th and 31st, and he's really found his game. And for the first week in a while, he gained strokes putting. First week in five events, 3.5 strokes gained putting. The off the tee was still clicking. He was not as great on approach, which has really been clicking, but it wasn't anything detrimental he finishes 31st he just makes the cut and the thing is he's $6,300 like I thought we were going to open this and Norlander was going to be like 71 7200 and I was going to finally have to pivot I played him in my main lineups last week I don't know if I go back there this week depending on ownership but everything I'm seeing like nothing was catastrophic he obviously made the cut finished 31st but there's nothing catastrophic lost 0.1 strokes on approach 0.1 strokes around the green But the putter was fine last week. That's good to see. Off the tee was still good. And tee to green was another positive number for a guy in Henrik Norlander. He stands out. Matthew Naismith is $6,200. Now Naismith's Friday was bad. I think he he actually was playing very, very well on Thursday, but his Friday blew up. He started like bogey, bogey, par, bogey. He was just not playing very well, but he's never going to be owned. He's very cheap at $6,200. And the thing that really got Naismith was the around the green play. And then that just affected everything else. Uh, On Friday, a lot of stuff started happening with his around the green. His putter was not working on Thursday. Bounced back a little bit on Friday. Friday. So you have to kind of just see what happens. He's now lost around the green. I think it's in four out of his last five events. And that's the biggest concern with Naismith. I only have him as a yes. I'm going to make Naismith as well from a yes to a maybe down here just because of the fact that around the green, I'm weighting a little heavier this week. So if I had it at the same ratings as last week and weights in my model, he wouldn't have popped up as, or he would pop up more this week. But since I'm going to tweak around the green to make it more important, he's probably going to get dropped down a little bit. But a guy in Norlander will still be there. So it's below 6K range is loaded. Harry Higgs, Charles, these are guys playing decent. Tom Hogue's game is kind of up in the air, but still at that price point of 6,200 uh, is still pretty, I would not say impressive, but pretty, uh, at least catches my eye. Nobody at 6K flat stands out. I guess Scott Harrington and Zingzu Zhang, they're like always honorable mentions that I probably never end up playing outside of a couple of lineups and 150s, but Norlander below 6,500. To call out some guys from sixty nine to 6,500 would be Mav McNeely, Lonto Griffin. Uh, those are the ones that stand out the most, maybe a Max Homa. In the 7K range, the ones that stand out the most, Paul Casey, Rory Sabatini, I'm going to make Doc Redman a yes as well. Ian Poulter, I'll make a yes too, because he is playing well, but he did all of it with the putter last week. So just keep that in mind. Pretty much most of it. If the ownership is high up, those four stand out in the low 7k range. There's really not one guy that stands out a ton like Kevin Noss stands out, but there's risks with the back. Harris English might be the guy in the low 7k range if I make him a yes. And then I talk about in pretty much depth, the 8, 9 and 10k plus range. So it's a week that's looking to build balanced. But if you want to go two studs, if you wanted to play Bryson and Rory this week, there's a lot in the 6k range and low 7k range to easily make it happen. It's just a matter of there's guys that I want to play in the 9k range a lot and the 8k range. So yeah, building lineups with Rory and Bryson seems fine to me. Building lineups that have John Rom, Tiger and Bryson. You could probably make those happen too. So best of luck, everybody. I really do appreciate you tuning in. Hit the like and subscribe button before you go. Also check out Patreon. Wednesday we're going to have the live stream, closing thoughts, podcast, rankings, projections on Patreon on Wednesday. And check out SuperDraft. You want $10 just to play with uh, the multiplier format, no salary caps. A little something that's a little bit refreshing. Three to five K contests that always have overlay, and they're just never filling. They're usually rake free. That's on SuperDraft. Link down below. Use the promo code Sal get $10. Reach out with any questions on Twitter at SalvageDFS or over on Patreon or the comments down below. Appreciate y'all tuning in to so this one. $50 podcast review. If you leave that podcast review, somebody's going to get 50 bucks. Probably got like, honestly, like a 20% chance of winning. So you can do that on the Sal you Show on iTunes. See you all in the next one game. I'll be back Wednesday live. Stay safe and see you then. Peace.